Welcome to Sit Down with RHS, a podcast from the Royal Hospital School where we bring to life how the school makes a unique impact to young people's lives. In this series, we're sitting down with members of the alumni to hear how RHS set them up for success, not just academically, but allowing them the full range of life skills, building their confidence and their resilience to thrive and follow their ambitions. We're hearing from a whole range of different members from the alumni. We've heard so far from an athlete, a singer and actress, an artist, a Paralympian, an environmental engineer, and an England cricketer. We've got a whole lot more wonderful people to come. Today, we're sitting down with George Hockley, veterinary surgeon who graduated from RHS in 2012, where he was an academic scholar and who is now a rotating intern at the University of Glasgow. In this conversation, we hear how George got into being a vet, why he believes it's such a great career and giving so much variety, and what he learnt from marching alongside his friends on a Sunday at school. I'll hand over to your host, Arabella Northey, speaking to George Hockley. George, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Now, I always think it's good to get started is I know you're a vet, um, but why don't you tell us what you're up to at the moment and what have you been doing in the last few days? So I'm currently a rotating intern at the University of Glasgow Teaching Hospital. It is a bit like being a junior doctor, although I've done a couple, couple of years out in private practice beforehand, but it's just working as a bottom of the ladder teaching role. So I'm teaching students and working with the specialists there and learning a little bit from them, getting a little bit of experience teaching. And then recently, for the last couple of days, I've been, I'm actually working nights at the moment. So I'm working on the, in the intensive care unit. Some of them are quite sick. Others are on the mend. It's really good fun and great learning experience. Well, I must say, because when people have to talk about, um, you know, veterinary science or vets, I mean, that's probably the first thing that comes to mind, isn't it? It's James Herriot out there in the Dales and obviously they've got a new series out. So, so George, you know, interesting that you're in the university, that you're currently working with animals and as you say, your life is like a junior doctor. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what actually led you to come to work at the university? Why are you bit an intern there? So... I qualified in 2018 and at the point of qualification you are able to go to anywhere and treat any animal um, and I followed the path I think most people take which is just going into general practice sort of a GP job just seeing cats and dogs and start started applying my knowledge seeing seeing dogs for vaccinations and doing basic surgery and things. Very quickly found that I really enjoyed the surgery side of the job and wanted to sort of push myself. And so ended up after I did a couple of jobs working from a really small, very local vets where there were just, just three of us and a couple of nurses up to a job where there were 25 vets and sort of 24 hour hospital style care. And then I applied for the for the internship at the university. Just a, a year rotating through all the different services, um, working with specialists. Um. So, so what was it about surgery that for you drew you in? I think it's very pra- it's very practical and 
there's a lot of problem solving and there, it's just such a, a wide field and so in, interesting. I think yeah, it's, I think the thrill of performing surgery, no two cases ever the same and you get great, especially well, with elective surgery, you're not, it's not life and death. But I think a lot of the emergency surgeries and things like that, you are really, you get, a, you usually get a really good outcome, living, living on the edge of your nerves and things like that. I mean, just thinking about obviously your time at RHS, which was, I know they talk about problem solving. I mean, I'm probably yes. not about living on the edge of your nerves, perhaps, but you know, you also talked about being in a kind of a large group of people. So, but that's just before we come to that. Um, why animals? Because again, that's the other thing, isn't it? Like, so, you know, I love the fact that you're, you enjoy the problem solving, the surgery part. Mm. Why animals? Where did that start? I think it's, it's just something that I think I've always been, sort of grew up with, anim- with animals at home. And I, think I, asked, I did ask my, um, my parents this question at one point. <laughs> okay, good. Like, so when, when did I decide I wanted to be a vet? Because... It's something that I think back and go, yeah. well, I think I've always just wanted to do it. And apparently, age seven, I just turned around to them and went, oh, I'm going to be a vet. Oh, Much wow. like I think some people go, oh, I'm going to be an astronaut mm. or a spy. And I think my parents probably at the time were a bit like, yes, yes, George, you can be a vet if you want to be. And it's just stuck. And it's yeah, something that has always been in the forefront of my mind going through school and getting into university and things like that. And like, and what, okay, I mean, I love that. I love that sort of, because I mean, let's say I had animals, but I didn't go, oh, I want to become a vet. Uh, so, you know, there is that. And there is something, so there's something there, isn't there, George, about what it was that you saw that a vet would, so at that age, what do you think a vet was there to do? What? How would you describe the job and how does it match up to what you're doing now? I think probably going to the vets as a child, they were this probably quite a magic person. You took took your animal and they were unwell and they popped their hands on it and made the animal all better. So I think it is this, again, problem, potentially things like the, the problem-solving aspect really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a maths and science-y child and I've always found them very interesting and they were always sort of my natural go-to um so maybe yeah, maybe it was the sort of the problem solving and the exciting aspect that i saw that they were these these magic people that you could take take an animal to them and they would be able to fix it just by looking at it well and and, and obviously and, and that is what you're doing that's what you're getting the opportunity to do now okay so going back to uh, say problem solving i mean obviously i know that rhs that is one of its you know key indicators that that is how they want to turn out their pupils so what age did you go to RHS and what led you there so I went to RHS aged 13 so I went in at year nine rather than year seven um, and actually leaving my, leaving my previous school my parents and I were looking at looking at schools and went to visit local schools in the area um, they actually Looking back on it, I it was a, a lot of responsibility to give me because they were like, look round whichever with all of the schools, whichever one you most want to go to, you can you can go to. 
which I think is a loss of loss of responsibility for a child. But I was looking around, looking around RHS. I was, as as you might imagine, completely awestruck. This beautiful school with all all of this all of the grounds and all of the facilities. Um, so imagine if someone, so if someone who has never perhaps been to RHS is listening to this, how would you describe it? So there you are. So maybe you were this sort of 12-year-old child, but w- what is it that, you know, you talk about the building, the facilities, what was it that you saw? How would you describe it to somebody? It's, I think it's a very large, imposing sort of school building and you you walk in the, the front entrance hall. You've, it, it is almost like a very old-fashioned grand house like proportions wise as a as a child you go into somewhere like the assembly hall and potentially like one of the biggest rooms you've been in and it's beautifully decorated and things like that and then you go out 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 of the back and in onto the parade square and it's just rolling grounds and the river and beautiful yeah. Okay. Well, and then that, that, this is this is the vision. And so, as you as you were there and kind of going through, and also um, you were an academic scholar as well. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I was an academic yeah, scholar. Yeah. So, how did you? What What led you to apply to become an academic scholar? And what did that actually mean to you? So, at my the last year of my my previous school, mm-hmm. um, I was selected to be in the it was in the top sets and had out of the blue had a conversation at parents evening my teachers said oh we think you've potentially got promise we'd like to see if you could get a scholarship obviously it's sort of a win-win for the school because it's prestigious for the school to have scholarships Mm -hmm. and also see a prestigious achievement for me and always helpful with for my parents because it came with a financial incentive as Mm -hmm. well um and so it was sitting, sat my scholarship exams, and then being a, being a scholar at RHS, I don't think it was vastly different. The one thing that was lovely is we did have the scholarship talks, which were organised, and at least, uh, once a year we had a little scholarship dinner, and um, where they had an external speaker come in and talk about various sort of outside topics, which looking back on they were all very like very interesting we had um we had one on um the history of anesthesia which was one of those things that take it for granted you're like oh i've had an operation i have an anesthetic and actually the his the history of medicine and anesthesia i found quite fascinating at the time and something that take for granted do you think that so just going back to this um <clears throat> George I love the idea of these talks and different things you know what what was it about the t- your time as a scholar that has perhaps prepared you for where you are now I think it because talks were also followed by debate um, debate and questions and just a good discussion and I think it, it was very good to be sort of around peers and have peer level discussions and especially at that point it wasn't a let it was it was never a lesson it was discussion it was sort of a lecture and then discussion among peers which currently especially at the university hospital every every day we're discussing cases with where i am certainly not the most most qualified vet in the room 
I've got professors and things that have been doing this for 30, 40 years, but it is much the same. It is discussion among peer, case discussion among peers, and everyone is treated equally and has an equal stake and equal voice. And I think that is the big, the big thing that was very good. These social skills, friendly discussions, and also things like I went, I did a little bit of debating as well, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think most schools you get a chance to do that much public speaking and opportunities, especially looking back now, you go, oh, wow, that was just a lot on, a lot on offer just compared to, it's not just a, not just go to school, do your lessons, go home. Yeah, I mean, this is why, you know, the RHS has got so much going for it. So, you know, obviously case studies are quite a key part, aren't they, of surgery and diagnosis. And as you mentioned that, you know, so that sort of skill was fostered at RHS. So just for those people who are interested, you know, why why is this a good method, these cases? Why is this a discussion? What is what does it actually do for you as a veterinary surgeon? The discussion promotes a lot of independent thought and draws up, I think, a lot of, especially the cases we see at Glasgow, it's not as simple as the animal has this problem, we give them X medication and they get better. They are referred to a, referred to the hospital because a sort of general practitioner mm-hmm. has already examined them and they feel it is either surgery-wise, if it, it's a surgery that is more complex, or especially these med- medical cases, quite a few are seen, aren't presenting obvious signs of a disease process yeah. and then need further investigation. And actually, discussion about it is it promotes thinking around around the subject, getting sort of treatment options, diagnostic options, and helps everyone create a plan. And it's just great for great for learning because I think you learn a lot better discussing something and understanding it better rather than sat there with someone telling you a lot of information mm-hmm. um, ends up going over your head or just doesn't get taken in. Gosh, yeah. And that is actually, that's such a good point, isn't it? That valuable thing about conversation and engagement and, and what that actually means for you as a surgeon and developing as well in your career and your understanding of veterinary science. Well, so George, going back to, so you mentioned how RHS, there were loads of opportunities. What were some of the things that you were drawn to? Uh, so you've talked about being a scholar, but what else was going on in your time there? So I think the, the combined cadet force was great. I don't know any other school where you could go, come out of lessons on a Friday, go to lunch and then go, oh, what are you doing this afternoon? Well, I'm going to go, go glider flying or I, I quite enjoyed the, um, the shooting and the rifle aspect of it. I don't know any school where they'd be like, oh, Friday afternoon, we've got some rifles. Like, we'll go and do practice assembling and disassembling rifles or like practicing ambushes in the woods and things like that it was incredible incredible and i yeah really really enjoyed that and then i also did some did some sailing however the the ultimata reservoir is just over the road so some a little bit of sailing um it's just vast opportunities 
Um, and when you look back and you sort of think about what you what you learned in your time there, what sort of so you've talked about problem solving, but what other skills do you think that you gained or that have that are useful for what you're doing now? I think definitely communication skills. The big part of my job is you may be the best surgeon in the world, but if you cannot in, inform a client about the procedure you're doing or what the expected complications or expected recovery period is going to be, then you are you're, you need to sort of manage expectations and things like that. And if you're not able to convey that, the fundamentally... First of all, I don't think the owner is going to allow you to do the surgery if you can't explain why it's a good idea and what is going to happen. Um, and yeah, a big a big part is of my job is communication with clients, and they need it. You need to be able to communicate with several different people, both with your with the clients layperson aspect, and also with your with your peers. So you're communicating at different levels because. And I think RHS was great for that. And even thinking back to things like lessons, it was more of a peer group rather than the traditional lessons where you where you sit there in silence and are lectured for an hour, half an hour or an hour and write your, write it all in your book. That's that. Um, I mean, obviously, much talked about of RHS and uh, of, of the sense of the way that it's different is a naval school. And so often people might be thinking, well, a naval school, you know, obviously the hierarchy there is very specific. But yeah, you're saying that there's it's a very different approach to the academic style of teaching. So why do you think that is? I think well, I found that the, the teachers got a lot more out of us if you actually don't have this very much, us and them. There was an inbuilt respect that they were in charge, but actually promoting healthy conversation and healthy debate actually is, I think, very, very important. It leads to a much better learning environment. I think just coming in, and it's the, it's the same with my work at the moment, working with vet students and nurses and things like that. Technically, as the vet, you are in charge, but if you aren't communicating in a great way and you're not working in a team, nothing is going to get done because you can't do absolutely every job on your own. And it, teamwork is pivotal. I think it was also pivotal to being at RHS. It was something that really was not drummed into me, but it's just something that I got an appreciation of being exceptionally important. Um, that is that is actually very important. That does that sort of resonates, doesn't it? Actually, that sense of like and how you build community. Because I know for RHS, like community is really important. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you think back at your time there, George, um, and I haven't even asked actually. Were you a boarder there? I mean, I know that most. So I was. Are. So I was actually a day people. Ah, oh, okay. For most of the time, right, yeah. But I stayed to begin with. I stayed if I had things running. I had activities in the evening and things like that. But actually, in my final two years, I stayed most of the time, I would say, because it built up a good community of friends. There is also just very, very nice to have some time prepared you, especially for university, prepared you from being away and being having that little bit of self-sufficiency, but also with some really great friends because you're in, as you said, in this community environment. And yeah, really, really grew to 
free to enjoy it. Amazing. Well, and as you look back at your time, I mean, are you still, uh, you know, how do you interact with people that you were at RHS with? And when you think back about what was the um, the most random thing that you would say about the school? Because I know I've heard a lot of exciting words that seem to be very specific only to RHS. I think the strange, if trying to explain the school to someone that has never been there, I think the strange, the one thing that everyone finds strange is the divisions and the marching on Sundays that no one no one understands and it was certainly don't get me wrong I definitely wouldn't choose to now spend a third of third of my Sundays marching but it was actually quite good good fun when we were there and just so different did it taught you anything I think certainly the discipline and the teamwork skills Definitely. And also things like preparing a uniform and had to be have a real sense of, sort of pride in your appearance. And it's one of those things that you look at it at the time, you know, why are we doing this? But actually, <laughs> looking back, it was sort of, you've got all the traditions, you've also got your teamwork skills, you've got um, a bit of self-sufficiency because you've got to prepare all your own uniform, shine all your own shoes. They're actually... All these, all these little skills that creep in in the background that you develop, and it's only once you once you look back and you go, oh, actually, quite a good experience, and I've learned all these important skills for life we've carried forward. Yeah, I must say, I feel also probably as a veterinary surgeon as well that there's probably some of those skills are probably crucial. Would you say? Definitely, like definitely, and yeah, it's it's the teamwork, it's the communication, and it is. The, the self-sufficiency thankfully i don't need to need to iron my own surgery surgical gowns and things like that but yeah, it's been the skills i've that i've certainly exceptionally transferable and i have used a lot in my day-to-day work these days well i must say that i, I can imagine <laughs> <laughs> when you were mentioning, I was thinking, oh yes, that would make sense, wouldn't it? So, George, just before we sort of forget, uh, sort of finish up, and it's been so exciting talking to you and just hearing what actually your time means there. If you were sort of standing in front of either a child in perhaps year eight who was thinking about applying, or even speaking to some children going forward for GCSEs who are thinking about veterinary science, what would you say to them? I think I definitely the academic side of it is very important. Yeah. And applying yourself as early as possible, I think, is good. Um, and it isn't a walk in the park. But I think being a being a vet is pitched as this impossible task. It's very achievable. You just need to apply yourself. The one thing I would recommend is don't just focus on academics. Um, have some hobbies and interests and things to do outside of the classroom. The big thing is especially here at the university I live with other vets and if we just came out of work and spoke about work in our own time it would be impossible and actually having having some other interests and being able to get out and do other things and have this real partition between your work life and your home life is great and it stops there is unfortunately quite a lot of burnout and like compassion fatigue happening in the veterinary profession because People are just living the life. And it is, I know you mentioned James Harriet earlier, I think it is this 
common misconception that being a vet, you 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 do live and breathe it. But it is it's it's not the James Herriot life where you just pot around in your car and go and visit a couple of clients. It is very intense, and I think having having some external things, whether it whether it be I haven't been sailing for a while, but occasionally get out and spend some time on the water and just have some time on my own or with with others not not working and not talking about work just means that when you when you next walk in walk into the hospital you are refreshed and ready to start again okay well i think and that is valuable actually isn't it because george you know the well-rounded education but also you as a human being is so important that you know you are not just what we are and I think what we've also learned over the last year as well last two years is that there is so much more to us as human beings um and that is a, thank you that's very valuable advice I think particularly for young people today as well it's so easy to get caught up in one direction well George final word um so what was what sort of three words if you were going to sum up RHS I think the big things that stuck out for RHS about me is the opportunities and the transferable life skills and also the the community and the friends that I've made. And there are friends that, unfortunately, I don't, don't, don't keep in touch with everyone probably as much as I should. But the friends I've made there, it can be months that I don't talk to them and then I can ring them up and it is like we've never been away. They are properly friends that I've made for life and just create such a great great bond brilliant well thank you so much for joining me today George and uh, wishing you all the best continue with your rotations um, and whatever what that leads you on to um, and so and thank you so much for joining us today just to talk about RHS it's been brilliant no worries thank you very much for having me and that was George Hockley, everyone. Thank you very much, George, for coming on the show today. And we wish you the best of luck in your career as a veterinary surgeon. That's it, everyone. Um, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you never miss an interview and you continue to be inspired by these wonderful people from the RHS alumni. Thanks for being with us and we look forward to welcoming you back next time.